coming up on this episode of The Hive Life. Anthony, can you go to your vendors that you guys use that would be a natural fit to what you do uh, when building a home and ask them whether they'd be interested in, in supporting an episode? And let's peg it at this dollar amount. Two weeks later, he called and he said, well, I've sold seven episodes. So uh, that was the moment we all looked at each other and said, all right, I guess we're doing this. Welcome to The Hive Life, where we pull back the curtain on Spherical Media, a company based in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a team of former journalists that create beautiful, impactful stories that connect with your audience. Welcome inside the Lincoln Studio for the latest episode of The Hive Life. I'm Jared Latch alongside Tim Baer and David Kernodal as we get set to talk about the episodic approach and a number of things that come into play when looking to execute that approach. We are fresh off our first original series, and it's safe to say... Between all of us, we learn quite a bit. Yeah, I'd say that's true. I love that it's the episodic approach. We we go back and <laughs> forth between episodes or episodic. E- episodic sounds more exquisite or specialized. Special, yeah. All right, that works. Um, so yeah, so let's go a little bit in the background of what we just came off of. Um, so here at Spiracle Media, we had been doing a number of uh, projects for our partners over the years, and... Um, we had come across some webisode series that we were fans of and how they were produced. And so we had been wanting to dip our toe in the water for a while. And the opportunity presented itself when we ended up meeting with Pike Properties, uh, two guys that are um, really great young company that's building beautiful homes in in the Charlotte market. And so we did some video with them uh, as they were getting through a rebranding and we approached them about the idea of doing a seven webisode series um, to help tell the story of building a home from beginning to end. And I think uh, one of the fun parts of the relationship with those guys, and we've obviously documented it on before on this on this uh, podcast, but that they were willing to sort of tell the truth and be authentic. And I think that was the most important piece of the puzzle for us when we were approaching it. Yeah, I think they they had seen some other series in their, you know, in the construction home realm. And I think they thought that was pretty cheesy with how it was, uh, some of that stuff seemed fabricated. So I think their deal was, we'll do it, we're on board, we're game, just make it real. And so that's, I think we tried our best to follow those guidelines and the the biggest wrinkle probably in this this series when we went back to the initial plan and we looked at we wanted to do seven episodes we wanted to do it on one build and that was it the six thousand square foot home in the Cotswold section of charlotte but it was also looking at the production timeline we didn't have much flexibility there because this was a this was a live construction and we were essentially stuck in the middle of it yeah, well, we would get a text from Matt or Tyler or any of those guys who were like, hey, floors are being put in now. <laughs> <laughs> we would have to drop everything or find an available crew and get that way. And that was kind of the way the entire series went. There were some things that we could plan, like the sponsor stuff that, you know, you guys wrestled around with and schedule, help schedule on that. But um, yeah, when it came down to shoot days and trying to capture things that worked into the story and the progression of the house. 
Yeah, those are spur of the moment. Those are quick turns. We had to get out there quickly and we had to be able to produce some content really fast. And for us, you know, it'd be ideal if you have a dedicated team that's just going to shoot a series like this. But with us, we wanted an opportunity to, first of all, do it. Like you mentioned, we've been searching for that opportunity. Uh, But second, it made it an extra challenge for us, especially resource wise. You know, when you get that text and things are going in and you need to have somebody there spur of the moment on site to capture. Yeah, I think this was a, a pilot um, process for us. You know, we were, like I said, dipping our toe in the water for the first time. Couldn't have picked better partners to do it with. I think um, the things we learned, uh, some of the key takeaways for sure are uh, when dealing with construction, um, you probably want to have the series done before you start launching episodes. <laughs> um, just to give you some backstory, when we started this process it was set up to do the seven episodes that released every two weeks starting in the fall Uh, and about i don't know five episodes in uh, the guys approached me and uh, dave and actually gave us the heads up that things were a little bit behind schedule and that happens in construction that's natural Um, but when you have a set schedule of how you're going to release these episodes that becomes a little tougher and so i think what we pulled away from it is that we like the Netflix model, the idea that you know you release all seven episodes at once um, for a couple of reasons. One, all the production's done, everybody's checked off on it, all the sponsors have seen what they've what they're going to be a part of. Um, also, on top of that, you also have the marketing push and the dollars that you put behind marketing, and you can put all of that pot into one big launch, um, and I think throw eyeballs at. You know, wherever you're distrib- distributing them, and through through YouTube, through website, uh, social media, all those types of channels, but you can throw all those dollars at it versus over a 14 week period having to drip those dollars out. So, I think that was probably one of our biggest key takeaways in this process. Yeah, and to add on to that, it was the viewer retention thing as well because you have the viewers come to to one place where they can see everything and we know how people binge watch. It was it was no different. I think one of the surprising things for me was when we put those first couple episodes out and and we thought, hey, shorter, concise content is what people want to watch and you hear that all the time. Short, short, short and impactful and get people involved as far as a, a viewer right away within those pieces and we found that the people wanted longer episodes and I <laughs> I sort of remember your reaction, Dave, a little bit because you you put this four to five minute piece and people were like, well, we'd love to see more. How about like 10 to 15 minutes? And we were like, we didn't even think about that. Yeah, I think our initial cut of episode one, was that like 12 minutes? Maybe, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I remember we had a discussion. We worked every little element we could within episode one and we sat and we talked about it. We thought it just kind of lingered there. It wasn't moving really quick wasn't that entertaining so we hacked it literally in half and that's when we came up with kind of that six to to eight minute range for most of those episodes from that point on yeah and i think um you're right the comments that we kept getting was i want to see more um which is great i mean that's a testament to uh the pike properties guys it's a testament to what our team was building um but i think it was another learning of you know that length question um when you're talking about content that's entertaining Um, people are much more interested in it. We've played in the world of, you know, trying to tell a story for a corporate purpose or um, a new product or something along those lines, and you want to keep it concise and tight. And um, in this case, it was something that people were really liking. They were getting to see 
really how a house comes together. You know, all the warts and everything too, you know, where budgets get shaky and things go wrong and all that kind of stuff. Um, one of the other interesting pieces of this whole puzzle was, you know, two thirds of the way in, they sold the house. And so that changed a lot of things for you, Dave. It did. We had a conversation with Matt and Anthony, not together, but separately. They, they hammered me with uh, either a phone call or an in-person. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, hey, by the way, the house is potentially under contract. And I remember, and this is uh, this is be- definitely behind the scenes. Uh, I don't think, I don't <laughs> think we, we shared that part of the episode, but one of the episodes, uh, they were like, y- you want to come over to the house? I think we have a potential buyer that's going to come over and, and take a look. And we went over to the house, cameras rolling hot. We were there probably 30 minutes before that potential buyer came over. And probably 10 minutes of, of them walking around the house, we could feel that the cameras probably should be turned off and we should leave, <laughs> which we did. Um, and we waited outside to try to get some kind of recap from Matt and Anthony uh, and probably took about an hour for that to happen. And, and we gave up and we just came back to the office. And the conversations that happened after that was that that person ended up you know, buying the house. Um, and so we had to be really careful because the person that was buying the house, the person that had the house under contract was watching every single episode and kind of going, you know, really in depth in the review of those episodes and using that as, you know, uh, things to discuss with Matt and Anthony. And so <laughs> we, we were we were on our P's and Q's and trying to keep the guys on their P's and Q's. So if there were any negatives or anything like that, we tried to keep that muted as much as possible. They had this whole catalog of everything to look at so they yeah. could see where the challenges were and to go back and say, okay, did you guys figure that out? Because mm-hmm. we want to make sure everything is is good to go before we get in. And, and we, we talk about the interest in the longer video. I think a lot of that has to do with some of the platforms now because Instagram, Facebook, YouTube all have sections of their platforms that offer this this venue for longer content. And I think one thing's consistent, it still needs to be good because attention spans have not changed, but the availability is there more than ever. Yeah, and I think um, when we found figured out early on was Facebook was a huge driver uh, for viewership, especially because you can embed the whole episode, like you said, into Facebook. You can embed the whole episode actually into LinkedIn, which uh, I found interesting as we were going through the process. We made YouTube the main base for uh, the channel, the Building Charlotte channel. But um, Instagram was another spot that we used a lot of tease video on. If we wanted to go to the longer format on Instagram TV, we would have had to cut it into a vertical uh, imagery, which we just didn't feel uh, was going to give it the best, uh, I guess, platform for showing it off. It was going to cut off too much of the video, and we didn't shoot it it that way. We shot it in your normal 16 by 9 format, and so sometimes a little bit narrower when... (laughs) when it came in but uh <laughs> but yeah it wasn't a vertical shot video so that part of the puzzle was a little uh a little more interesting so we didn't go to the long form on instagram but we used that tease to drive traffic to the website and i think all those channels were great and i think it you know it led to an average of almost fifty thousand or more views per episode uh when you look at all those platforms and i think that was our goal going in and so for us to hit that the first time out of the gate it was pretty exciting and that's why we used all those platforms too because if you're listening you know you might have a more singular approach and one works better than others depending on what the distribution plan is but ours was viewership and so we were able to put it in different areas we put some google ad money behind it we we promoted on facebook and 
we mentioned the teasers on Instagram. We had the Building Charlotte website. So there were a lot of different avenues that people could pursue to view all these episodes, which was intentional on our end, not only from trying to get those views, but also as a learning experience, because we've, we've touched on that. We wanted to come out with sort of a robust case study, because one thing that we found was, I wouldn't say easy, but that worked well, was getting sponsors to get behind this and support it. Yeah, I always make a joke about the story that, you know, we met with Anthony and Matt and talked to them for the first time and sort of pitched this idea to them. And I said, Anthony, can you go to your vendors that you guys use that would be a natural fit to what you do uh, when building a home and ask them whether they'd be interested in, in supporting an episode and let's peg it at this dollar amount. And he said, all right, I'll go ask him. I'll see what we got and take the temperature and I'll, I'll get back to you. And two weeks later he called and he said, well, I've sold seven episodes. So, uh, that was the moment we all looked at each other and said, all right, I guess we're doing this. Um, and it, it just really did. It reinforced the idea that if you match content and that it's not a salesy push, that it's a real, um, story that's going to actually naturally fit to the, to the product or, or service that you're, you're talking about. I think it's a, uh, a natural fit for a sponsorship. I think it was also the, the relationship between them and their vendors. It was a testament to the high class end product that they're putting out there as well. So I don't think it's always going to be that easy or you know, that brief of a time period to line up that many sponsors, but, but they were able to do that. Uh, let's, let's move into the marketing part because there's so much as far as a comprehensive plan and Dave, you know this more than anything. As we got going, we kept asking you, <laughs> heading up this project, hey, we need a, we need a teaser here. We need some other uh, visual support to get these things out. Yeah, I think we had the plan is once the episode is out or the episode is done being edited, three, four trailers of some sort were produced and then some thumbnail images were, were immediately produced for Instagram or to be the thumbnail for YouTube, those, those types of places. Um, a lot of times when the episode is being released on a Monday, that was probably like 10 o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> so it was real time editing that stuff coming in really quickly. But yeah, making sure that we had that at the same time that that episode is ready to be produced was pretty important. Talking about um, pre-production and setting this, this up, I think we learned that too in that even though our desire was for it to be as natural and, and authentic as possible, I think there was probably some more pre-production we could have done and fleshing some things out. And I mean, as you sat down to edit the stories, there were times you had more things than you needed, and there were times you didn't have as many things as you needed for an episode. So how did that process work when you were getting through it? I kept my fingers crossed and hoped that I had enough content that was going to be able to get us through. Luckily, the things that we had earmarked for particular episodes ended up working out for those episodes. Um, I think probably the last episode was when I just had too much because I was stockpiling footage that was evergreen, you know, moments that we were having with the families. Those were things that I was holding on to in case the episodes couldn't populate themselves with a good story. Um, but for the most part, we had maybe two episodes that there weren't, there wasn't a, much of a storyline. It was just, this is the methodical nature of going through and constructing a house of this size and the relationships there and what's going on. And we just hope we could maybe create more of a storyline with the future episodes, which we did. And if there's people out there that are thinking about doing a series, 
if we just touch on quickly the the value of a series, you know, why have a a singular theme, deeper opportunity for connection? I mean, what what are some of those other reasons you guys think where it it makes sense or when it makes sense? I mean, for me in this series specifically, I think it worked because we were able to develop the characters that are Pike Properties. Uh, In a company that is growing and doing amazing things, to be able to take this sliver in time and sort of capture what they're going through as a growth company at the same time as building these beautiful homes in, in Charlotte in a growing city, I think to be able to take that little slice of time and really capture it uh, is really valuable. And I think, like you said, the the owner of the home was watching. I mean, they're going to be watching this for years. They're going to have it to show you know, how our house was built, all those kind of things. But for the, for the guys at Pike, too, I think they have now really something to a showpiece to show hey this is the amount of caring that we put into what we do and how this product happens and so i only think that was possible through doing a series like this because otherwise you just wouldn't have been able to get into the depth that you do yeah and and for us we learned a tremendous amount on the production side and also a lot of us have no idea what goes into building a house of that size. So we learned a lot. <laughs> we did learn there about that. There was one time Thomas didn't know what uh, sheetrock was, I think. He no, asked right. if it was outside was or inside. Okay. I think it was something along those lines. Uh, or drywall. Drywall, one, one of those. Yeah. I so. think I said, is that a fireplace over there that's going in? And it was a uh, an air return for an oh, HVAC unit. And I could yeah. see where there's confusion. Right. Though, because yeah. it's a it's a hole in the wall there that is a, a pathway to something. Sure. Yeah, it could yeah, be a fireplace. Fire. Yeah, it's a small fireplace. So as we as we wrap things up let's just go around we we give our our biggest takeaways from the experience i know there was a a lot jumbled in throughout the process but if you had to key in on one what would it be and i'd also add that we put in our favorite um a favorite part of the series okay um and so for me i will say my favorite part of the series was watching the final episode and they had a party um, to sort of show off the property to realtors and other people in the market. Uh, and also uh, they had a demonstration there, a kitchen demonstration going on, a couple different things going on. But the guys were there uh, filming and they captured some of the coolest reactions to the house. Um, and for those of you that haven't seen the series, I mean, this house is unreal. Um, and it does, it's like jaw dropping. But some of the reactions from the people really... Um, I, I, people don't react like that normally when there's camera around, and so they felt completely comfortable, and they, it was like we weren't even there, um, and that was really, really my favorite part. Uh, and then my biggest takeaway is the is the uh, Netflix approach. Uh, anytime we do a series from now on, we're going to launch it all at once. Yeah, probably my biggest takeaway is just having more of your head into the game. Um, there was a lot that went on, and 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 trying to to juggle shoots that were already on the books and then the chaos of a house being built on top of that uh if if i had to go back and do that over with because it was a learning experience was just to be more in it and not just hanging on for the ride uh, which i felt like we were sometimes um but probably my favorite part is all the all the cutting up that you know that we did and it was neat to watch how tight everybody got because at the beginning everybody wasn't really sure of each other we're trying to fill each other out in those first episodes and stuff like that but by the time we got to the end of it families knew who we were we were having great conversations we were joking around with each other like we were just longtime friends so i'm going to miss that hopefully we get an opportunity to work with them some more 
we'll see where that goes. But they're great guys, and it was fun to be with them, all of them. Uh, so it, that was probably my biggest takeaway on, on just a behind-the-scenes and production standpoint. I think my favorite part was uh, just a beautiful video that was weaved throughout this entire series. Uh, we had the personalities, which was fantastic, and they could drive it. And I always go back to episode one when he's demolishing the outside shed. And I thought that was a moment that said, all right, this is going to be fun. And it was, it was real at that point as he stepped into this thing and, and tried to knock it down from the beginning. So, you know, literally breaking down the barrier right there to, to enter into the series and got us in a great place. I think my biggest takeaway was just to be better prepared with a specific plan when it comes to marketing and the availability of behind the scenes high-end photos or high-res photos that, that we didn't have quite often because we couldn't really rely on the production team to get that stuff because we had a lot of a lot of boots on the ground but you couldn't really capture that element of the series so looking back it would have been really neat if we had that behind the scenes photos to go along with this this series of videos so just to remind you if you want to go watch the the full series you can go to buildingcharlotte.com you can also head to the youtube branded page as well you can watch all those in succession now all seven episodes and just a really exciting opportunity for us i know we'll continue to evaluate those numbers and and we'll have a really good strong case study uh, but it's a big testament to the guys at pike properties and the sponsors that all jumped on board to allow us this opportunity to put this series together so that'll wrap things up we want to also remind you you can check out our work by visiting spiraclebuzz.com or heading to our vimeo channel for tim bear and david Cronodal. i'm jared latch we'll catch you next time here on the hive life you've been listening to the hive life brought to you by spiracle media always remember you can visit spiraclebuzz.com or follow us at Spiracle Media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on The Hive Life.